Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, and welcome to another episode of Sentimental Garbage, the podcast where we talk about the chiclet that made us who we are. My name is Karen O'Donoghue, and I'm a novelist, a journalist, and the motorcycle your cousin casually died on. Joining me is author and sexually charged chemistry lab partner, Jessica Pan. And today we're talking about the Sweet Valley High books created by Francine Pascal. Hi, Jess. Hi, Caroline. Um, You're going to have to hold my hand through this entire episode, because uh, this is my first brush with the twins. I think you're very rare. I think so too, yeah. Um, it can't be that they didn't reach Ireland because I know there's actually a Irish Sweet Valley High dedicated podcast <laughs> that has enough guests that makes me think there are enough Irish people who have definitely read these books. What do these mean to you and why did you pick them today? Well, I picked them because they're actual garbage. I really took the the. the <laughs> they're legit the podcast. garbage, yeah. Yeah, it's like eating buttery popcorn and just jelly gummy snacks. Um I read these growing up but was embarrassed by it, even at a young age, knowing that they were total trash, (laughs) but also obsessed with them because, well, first of all, my name is Jessica. Sure. Amazing. Yeah. Um, It's like cosmic. Totally. (laughs) Also, I look just like them being half Chinese, totally blonde hair, aqua, blue-green eyes. Uh, So it's it's, um, uh, blonde hair, blue-green sparkling eyes, and it's always like slim but athletic figure. <laughs> yes. And usually it says a perfect size six. Um, they talk about like their dimples. I love how they were. Um, I went to a really big high school in Texas. So I had all these stereotypical characters in my life. Like I really did. I felt like we had yeah. the jocks and the cheerleaders. So it felt like really real to me in that way. Um, and also completely unreal in every other way. And that's why I chose this book. They are so they're, they're so completely like high fantasy yet super domestic at the same time because it's that weird high and low of like there'll be a whole chapter where like a character just makes brownies but then the second next chapter will be like someone has died on a motorcycle. <laughs> so it's- yeah, and it gets it takes about like a week to get over all the death. There's a lot of dying. There's motorcycles. There's a, a cocaine overdose. There's like a deep morality in these books, which I hadn't picked up on when I was growing up. And now I realize that it's just suffocating. Like if you do something bad, like you get drunk or you get on a motorcycle, someone will die. There will be huge consequences. You will either be responsible for the death of another person or uh, you will die yourself. Yes. And I think that that worked for me in that well, I grew up in the Bible Belt of Texas, like the part that nobody goes to. Everyone's okay. always like, oh, are you from Austin? No, I'm not from Austin. No, no I'm not from cool Texas. <laughs> I'm from Amarillo, Texas. Like, Bible Belt, everyone there was super religious. Like, you know, people had, girls had purity rings to, like, keep their wow. virginity. So when you were like, oh, Elizabeth is such a virgin, I'm like, everybody was such a virgin. Like, <laughs> Elizabeth is such a virgin, though. <laughs> but so was Jessica because of the book being so, like, deeply moral. She yeah. never has sex and never wants to have sex. Yeah, their, their desires are very materialistic, both of them. It's all like, I want to be a writer and be really good at school or I want everyone to love me but not necessarily love 
in return, which is Jessica's whole thing, <laughs> her whole MO, and also have clothes. Yes. Oh, um, my God. So many clothes. The descriptions of clothes are amazing. Like, one outfit, my favorite outfit in this book was um, a lime green tank top with some lime green chunky heels. <laughs> lime features heavily. Um, I'm going to do a real quick plot summary um, for the for the, the for the 1% of you, i.e. the me's of the world who had really no idea what these twins were about. Um, Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield are two excessively Aryan twins, I wrote this myself, living in the Californian town of Sweet Valley. Though they're identical, they couldn't be more different. Elizabeth is quiet, sincere and intelligent, whereas Jessica is outgoing, popular and a complete sociopath. The Sweet Valley books follow their adventures and and today's book, What Jessica Wants, focuses on Devin Whitelaw, a sexy orphan who is in love with Elizabeth but is relentlessly pursued by Jessica. So I read this last night and it's so much fucking fun. (laughs) I think this was the perfect one book for you to read because it has everything you need in that, first of all, men immediately fall in love with them. It doesn't, no man is immune to the beauty Mm -hmm. of the Wakefield twins ever. Mm -mm. And also that one goes for Elizabeth, but he's like disgusted by Jessica because she wears (laughs) mini skirts. It's so conservative. Like, there's this whole bit where, like, you know, Elizabeth just is wearing, like, a casual, like, blue sweater and trousers or whatever. And uh, he's like, mm, he liked that she dressed conservatively. It showed she was deep. It's like, please. I know. And he, what is it? I have this quote here. Yeah. He had never been a fan of girls who dressed in outfits that were too flashy or revealing. I feel like Devin is Mike Pence a little bit. <laughs> Devin is Mike Pence. Oh a handsome God. Mike Pence. Yeah. And that he never wants to be alone with women unless he's pursuing them sexually. Or in a chemistry lab helping them. <laughs> Loves they love the chemistry lab. Can I do a little reading? Because I want you I want to put you in the headspace that I was in last night, picking this book uh, this book up at like 7 p.m. and being like, okay, what is this book that I've heard I these twins I've heard so much about? Okay. <clears throat> Chapter one, page one. 17-year-old Devin Whitelaw pulled his Harley Davidson Sportster into the parking lot in front of Sweet Valley High. He looked up and smiled as a couple of students ran through the front doors of the school wearing shorts and t-shirts. I'm certainly not in Connecticut anymore, he said to himself as he removed his helmet and hung it on a handlebar. The weather back in Devin's hometown would be crisp at this time of year, but the climate in Sweet Valley was much milder, to say the least. Okay, so, you know, we're, we're getting our place. We're getting our time in place. This is fine. This is all normal. He's got a motorcycle. Good for him. It was Friday afternoon, and after taking a week to relax and get used to his new town, Devin had decided to ride over to his new high school to, re- to register for classes. Very normal. Very good thing to do, Devin, I think. He had left the East Coast over a month ago when, turn page, his parents had been killed in a car accident. His father's will had stipulated that Devin was required to find a guardian in order to receive his significant inheritance. That That is the nuttiest beginning to a book in the world, and I love it. It's like, oh yeah, he's this guy, he's got a motorcycle, he's going to check out his new school. His parents died a month ago, and he, he was, it was up to him to find his own guardian. <laughs> And her name is Nan. He was his nanny named Nan. I feel like that's such lazy <laughs> writing. We find out in the last book that she's actually a goat. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, man. These books. I, I devoured this book. Did you Did you make it through the, to the end? Do you know oh, what happens oh, at totally the end? Oh, totally. I made it to the end. Yeah, it was. And, and it's that weird thing of... Um, of of trash writing and this is like this is the height garbage this is a height height garbage yeah I feel like I nailed the garbage aspect you really did going through all the podcasts some people picked really good books I was like what I know this is this is an ongoing conversation I'm having with all guests like there is like one person who asked to be on and I was like sure what would you do and she said Mary Gateskill 
<laughs> it's like, you've misread the brief. <laughs> yeah, but this, I was like, oh, this is pure trash. But pure trash that, so I was reading this in public yesterday in London, which was hard to do for me. Sure, a brave move. A brave move, yes. And I was, uh, basically, a woman came up to me and was like, oh my God, are you reading? <laughs> no way. High books. And I said, yes, and explained that it was homework. <laughs> And then we had like a quick chat about how it influenced her life too and how it was trash, but it was so delicious. And then I kept reading it and other people kept coming to the cafe and I could feel this American girl watching me, probably taking photos of me for her friends being like, oh yeah, there is a woman in her 30s reading Sweet Valley High in London. <laughs> you are in a WhatsApp group. There is like a saga of you. Like, what's her deal? I don't know. <laughs> um, so... For for you, the twins were a big deal. I think, as you say, partly because your name was Jessica, and that does a thing too. When you when you see your name somewhere in popular culture as a child, I'm always bringing up on this podcast how many Carolines there are in popular culture and how they're bitches. And I have promised to my producer to stop bringing it up. <laughs> um, but what's what's great about the twins is that Elizabeth is you know the goody two shoes or whatever, and she is. I I saw in some essays someone referred to Jessica and Elizabeth as the id and the superego. So, uh, you know, Elizabeth is the ego in that she takes responsibility and the opinions of others seriously and she wants to behave correctly and behave like a functioning member of society. (laughs) And Jessica is just desires. So the whole thing is that, and I assume in every book, judging by the plot summaries I was reading, that Elizabeth gets things in a nice order and then Jessica wrecks them. (laughs) Absolutely. That is what happens. I I love it when Elizabeth is like being all practical and good. And then, for instance, she did make out with Devin Whitelaw and cheat on her perfect boyfriend, Todd. Her perfect boyfriend, Todd. Todd, Todd. Wilkins. Todd Wilkins. Why do they all have W last names? Do they? Oh, It's Wilkins, Whitelaw, and uh, one of the twins' names, Wakefield, in this book. These are the main players. Oh, wow. You've yeah. really... I hadn't noticed that Easter egg. I don't know why. <laughs> it's for the true W fans in the house. <laughs> When you know, you know. When you know, you know. Um, And so what happens is, so Devin moves, falls instantly in love with Elizabeth because she is, all the things we said, like sensible. And also she likes old movies. And also she wears cardigans and jeans and not trashy miniskirts and tank tops. And what's really, what's really quite sweet is they have this little, this little universe that's just their own, which is just Elizabeth and Devin are chemistry lab partners, which is a thing where obviously on this side of the Atlantic, um, everyone consumes so much culture about American high schools. And so everyone, in, in my mind... There are only three classes that Americans take. That's correct. Chemistry, where they have lab partners. Uh, sp- sports, where they are alienated. <laughs> and volcano building class. <laughs> that's also in chemistry, though. So it's really two classes. Oh, that's true. We can merge those together. And then maybe there's a third class that's um, just uh, inspiring English class that ha- only says poignant things about Shakespeare that relate to the plot of the characters. <laughs> exactly. Where every girl wants to be a writer and a journalist. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and rereading it, all the all the passionate kissing, I was brought back immediately to my. I think I was fourteen when I read these. I wasn't sixteen, the age they were. Mm-hmm. But I was. I'm frightened because I don't know where my carnal desires end and Sweet Valley High begins. <laughs> I feel like they shaped everything I knew about kissing. Still, everything I know about kissing. And in high school, I expected kissing to be like that. So when it happens, and you're like. Why is there not a jolt of electricity? Why is my heart not pounding like crazy? Um, Although eventually I I did find my Devin Whitelaw. (laughs) Did he bully you into breaking up with your boyfriend? 
Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. Um, no, I, I dated a guy who was very Todd Wilkins-like, and I was very bored with him. This is, this is why I'm, like, eternally torn. Like, am I Elizabeth or am I Jessica? What are you, Caroline? Oh, okay. I think my sun sign is definitely Jessica. <laughs> As in, I think, especially, I, I was actually, I do relate to Jessica in weird ways. <laughs> only because I tend to be quite, I mean, you've, we've met at parties. I tend to be quite loud and overbearing at parties because I'm very nervous and I just tend to over talk at people and come across probably more confident than I actually am. And then uh, my my moon sign, which is Elizabeth, uh, just wants to be on time for things, which is why I'm so mortified that I was late today. <laughs> See, yeah, and I feel like I feel like I'm the opposite, right? Oh wow! Okay. I not like I'm not like deep inside. I want to just take everyone's boyfriend and, and go shopping. <laughs> but constantly. they belong to you. <laughs> but I feel like I, I want yeah. I come off as an Elizabeth, right? In school, I had straight A's. Never did drugs. Never drank. Total virgin in all of high school, as was everybody, unless they got pregnant. Which were two girls. Did. In which case, they got married. <laughs> I don't think they did. Oh actually. wow! This is my assumption of Texas. I'm sorry. Uh, I think they normally would, but I it d- didn't work out. But um, but I think that I get bored and want to like be mischievous sometimes. Um, and I think that's because of Jessica Wakefield and that we share the same name. I don't know where we end. It's honestly giving me like an existential <laughs> crisis. Like I don't know. Um, uh, yeah. So so we're the inverse of each other. Oh wow! Maybe we have one half of an amulet <laughs> each. But I'm glad he described it in astrological terms. Because I was, I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, I project yeah. this because people always think I'm going to be really. I, I feel like people, especially at least in high school, always thought I was going to be really boring, no personality, nothing going on, just straight A's. I'm half Chinese. I play the violin for fun. Like that's what they always assumed. <laughs> and then, like, if I made friends with like you know a, a bad girl or a real Jessica, they'd always be like, oh my god, you have a sense of humor, which was. Um, you know, unexpected, devastating. That the, the <laughs> they wouldn't expect or know that. I'm so sorry, but I th- I think maybe the reason why these books were as incredibly popular as they were, and I was reading today that apparently librarians hated them because like there was one argument that was like, oh, it's you know, it's forming the habit of reading for kids, and the librarians were like, but these are fucking trash. <laughs> no, but all reading is good reading except this reading. Um, is that I think it gave. Elizabeth, like, you know, inner Elizabeths or whatever, projected Elizabeths as yourself, um, a, a chance to explore the idea of this doppelganger that is able to do and move move freely, act how she wants, never really receive any harsh consequences from it and just sort of manipulate people. I think she gave someone, people like that, a kind of release. Yeah, and I also just love the idea of some being able to impersonate somebody or have them take your spot. Like, so I love that in this particular book that you read, they Jessica impersonates Elizabeth because that doesn't happen in every book. But like Oh, I assume that's what happens in every book. <laughs> I maybe it does, but I don't think it but it's that's my favorite thing when that happens. Even then I was like, this is thrilling because it's not really Elizabeth. It's Jessica. Um and yeah, I think I'm obsessed with that because oh let me let me let me take it to me. Um, sure. I don't have anyone who looks like me. So when I went to college university and I met other half Asian people I was like you're my doppelganger like I feel like that I never had that and I know I don't have sisters I have two older brothers so I was like what's that like to have a sister are you always fighting slash best friends oh wow that's so lovely I hadn't (laughs) thought of that before and so when you when you went to university and you met other half Asian women were you like friends forever or enemies (laughs) 
friends, <laughs> friends forever. And um, I, I mean, it was really weird because there was a club. I went to Brown and there was a club called like Hoppa Club where just half Asian people went. And there's this room full of people who look like me. And it was also very strange. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I had know. my I have my my other person sometimes. As in one time I was in like I went with a, a, a girl who's I think she's half Thai and we went to. Um, New York and stayed in Airbnb and she went in first to get the key. We were like meeting there. She got the key from the guy and left. And then I came in five minutes later and I was like, oh, can I have the key? And he's like, you were just here. And I was like, oh my God, we did it. Oh my- <laughs> Even though that's racist, <laughs> but also we did it. That is the loveliest because like, there's really there's a part of you that could have like written an article about like this is this is how racism is in America today and that would have been totally fine. But I love how you were just a little light in you. <laughs> Just went off. Like, yes. We were like, we're twins now. <laughs> I am so touched and warmed by that. Sad story. Do you feel like um, there was in the 90s in particular a real obsession with twins and California? Who besides them? Okay, so my experience was a. I used to. I used to love Sister Sister. Watched it every day. Um, you know, Tia and Tamara Maori were icons. Um, and then there was the Mary, Mary Kate and Ashley, obviously. Oh right, of course. Yeah, yes. and I think I really loved those shows. And I think the reason I never you loved bothered, the Mary Kate show, Caroline. <laughs> I did. I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> I really love two of a kind. Oh, I always thought they were so gross and annoying. Even at home, even in, what's that show? Full House, when yeah. they're like supposed to be little and cute. I was like, this is so fucking annoying. They they were fucking annoying. And as well, like, I think you know, Sister Sister definitely had the better writing and it had like good jokes in it. And and the adult characters were really rounded. And it was it was just a really fucking good show. Um, the Mary-Kate and Ashley show wasn't any good um, because it was just a... Basically a dumbed down, less sexy, less adventurous version of the Sweet Valley High Twins, I now realize. Mm -hmm. Because the whole thing with um, both Sister Sister and Mary-Kate and Ashley was that like, oh, one's kind of like outgoing and one's kind of shy. And it, but they love each other anyway. But what's cool about Sweet Valley is that they don't even really like each other. <laughs> they don't have the same friends. They don't really, yeah. Is, is it, I mean, obviously I've only read the one book, but is it normal that they just are never on the same page? Yes. Absolutely. They always are. I feel like they're enemies. I don't know. Yeah. Like the way Jessica was was like, <laughs> she says it three times in this book. You'll be sorry. <laughs> she loves saying that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be sorry, my sister, for having some man fall in love with you who I'm in love with. Um, yeah, no, they always keep pretty separate lives. And I think... It's so it's such a predictable world that I felt like it was so safe. You always know what's going to happen. And also everyone's always so easily fooled when they're like, okay, we're going to do this thing to manipulate this person. And they always fall for it. Nobody's right. ever too smart for it. No one ever thinks more than one step ahead of their plan, which is very teenage. <laughs> and did you notice like um, the ma- like how when Devin would meet other girls who went to high school, he would like look at their outfit and be like, well, she was attractive. Not as attractive as Elizabeth, but she was still attractive. Like the male gaze in these books is very intense. It really, yeah, it truly is, yeah. Um, and is what's the friend of Jessica? The kind of rich friend who's I don't know how you say it. Is it Lila or Lila? Li- yeah, let's say Lila. Lila. And it's that thing. Of, yeah, he is. What's so annoying about Devin? <laughs> 
I hate Devin, uh, is that he's billed as this incredibly... First of all, he's deep because his parents are dead and he's a genius because he can like change colours on pieces of paper in chemistry class. Big whoop. But And he's like made out to be this deep person who only ever judges women on the most <laughs> like facile, the most outward things. So... I mean, Devin's a 45-year-old man on Reddit right now talking about how women didn't used to be such sluts. That is that is entirely accurate. I believe that to be true. <laughs> Devin. Um, I don't think he I don't think he hangs around that long. There's so this is this is part boy. of like a three-part arc, I believe. Okay. Is it well that's why I read at the back. It was like, well, I think this is how they all go, right? It's like, stay tuned for next book where we find out how Todd feels about spoiler alert Devin and Elizabeth kissing even though Todd's been spending the whole book planning a surprise for Elizabeth because they love each other no because he wants to celebrate that she had her first article published a year ago in the school paper which is not something you celebrate the year anniversary of her publishing something in the school paper he's he's bought her a diamond (laughs) A diamond ring made out of what, the shape of pencils. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, sounds cute. <laughs> and he's also, like, there's a whole chapter where he's like, wants to make her like a really complicated cake. And then he invites a friend over and then they make it into a trifle instead. I was half expecting them to make out because that's what usually happens. Like, he would fall in love with her briefly before he realized actually it was Elizabeth. Yeah. So, what's, what's great about this is like, so I, I, found, I found out that Francine Pascal. Uh, used to work in soap opera. So what's really weird with these books, so she created the books, but then she hired many ghostwriters to, or the publisher did, um, to actually write them. And she would just send, like, literally manila envelopes filled with uh, uh, plot summaries that, according to one of the writers who wrote a brilliant article that I will tweet from the Sentimental Garbage Twitter um, about her, like, five-year experience writing these books, it was just, they would be, like, free verse poems. <laughs> Like she would just get a manila envelope, being like, uh, "Elizabeth, uh, new boy, orphan?" Question <laughs> mark. <laughs> um, but she used to write um, soap opera, and so what's so interesting is that you get all these soap opera tropes of like people getting into comas and sudden fires and people dying on motorcycle accidents, mixed with these incredibly wholesome, very conservative uh, high school tropes of like people baking cakes together, and it's just this really interesting. Was it, wait, was. Was your life not like that in Ireland? <laughs> My life was full of these things. What was the most uh, Sweet Valley thing that ever happened in your school? Oh, my God. Oh, no. I, want, I don't know. So many things. I, I, can, I can think of one. I, I'll tell you mine while uh, you okay. think of yours. Okay, you tell me. But I'm, Okay, go. So you'll be brewing on this while I tell the listeners about my Sweet Valley experience. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, uh, the Irish version of the GCSEs is called the Junior Cert. And... Uh, uh, when you get your junior cert results, it's kind of, you're like 15, 16. Um, it's kind of like understood that you go out and you get really pissed. And uh, then the day after I got had said gotten so drunk and my parents happened to be in a different country or something. I, my sister was looking after us anyway, um, that I decided to skip school. And that same, like I literally cut period, like I, I cut out after lunch and just like, fuck it, I'm going home. This sucks. Um, and then that, Jessica Wakefield. Jessica Wakefield. <laughs> this sucks as if. <laughs> and and that same day, a girl who happened to be wearing the same, who was in the same uniform as uh, the school I went to, because I had a school uniform, um, shoplifted a handbag from an accessorize and uh, someone caught her on CCTV and the accessorized one of the uh, press charges against the school. And so the only person who wasn't there that day was me. And so I got framed. 
Oh my god, that's amazing! And what happened? Um, I got in school suspension for three days. Yeah. Oh my god. And people and like even though I said to people like I didn't steal the bag, they were like, "Well, all we know is someone stole a bag, and then you got in school suspension, and we all saw you." And I was like, "Yeah, but it wasn't me." And they were like, "Whatever, as if." And I was like, "No, I'm Elizabeth, not Jessica." <laughs> oh my god. Did you meet like a cute boy in suspension? I did not, because <laughs> it was an all-girls school, and I was never meeting a cute boy. Oh, oh, girl school. Oh, yeah, no. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. That is an amazing story. <laughs> I, I cannot rival that. I need to think on that and come back to you in six months. I do. There were just there were football players who were hot and they looked very old for their age. There were hot cheerleaders all the time. I think that I don't know. I don't. I don't know the most. It seems to me though my um, experience of both hearing from American friends about American high schools and watching so much American high school content of which there is hundreds of hours, thousands of hours of that, um, is that uh, American high schools have the population of small countries. Yes, and this kind of thing that. the thing I'm like, oh, the nerds and the cheerleaders and the this and the that. Um, those cliques seem to exist because of the mass of people that exist in American high schools. Whereas, so you need those kind of cliques to survive. Like it's very naturalistic. Whereas in in English and Irish schools, like they, they tend to be quite smaller. So, like for example, you know, in my year there was like sixty people, and so you end up going to parties with everybody at some point. You know. Oh my god, that's so small. I feel yeah. like my entire high school was 2000 people. So Oh, I like that theory that we had to survive. I I mean, here's what I'm saying, like I don't know where my my true desires and wishes began and or was I influenced by Sweet Valley High because I was on newspaper staff. Wow. Where did I get that idea from? Elizabeth Wakefield, Rory Gilmore, one of them probably. So is your entire career down to Elizabeth Wakefield and Rory Gilmore? I'm going to start crying. <laughs> but I don't think I'm the only one. No. No, I don't think so either. I, I don't know. And I, yeah, I was the editor of my newspaper. I I don't know. It's it's terrifying to think about. I love – because, like, that, that, again, that thing of, like, having a school newspaper, not something I don't think most people have experience of over here. So it just seems super glamorous. Like, we, I remember we had, like, a newsletter that went out twice a year that was, like, three pages long. And you could submit a poem about fall or autumn <laughs> if, you, if you were so inclined. But there was no version of, like, wow, you made the paper. <laughs> It just I mean, it wasn't cool, for sure. It wasn't like it reading seems the paper. very cool. Nobody read the paper. I mean, it was handed out, I think, every morning. Not every morning, every week. But I remember, I can, 
I can remember something that I did that was very Sweet Valley High, which I find very embarrassing. Do you want to mm-hmm. hear? Please do. I was editor of the newspaper, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> there was, like, no competition for it. It was not cool. But um, I... I was, like, in love with this guy who I'd never talked to before who was just gorgeous, who I just, like, watch, you know, in the hallways. And it was my job to pick who we profiled, a senior profile. And I was like, I'm going to profile that guy. He's – what's his deal? What? Oh, oh a great so- tactic. Um, and I did. I profiled him. And he became my boyfriend. You are not serious. Get I'm out serious. of town. He is so – he was so hot. He was so hot. He wasn't cool, but he was very hot. I learned a lot from him. Did he have slate blue eyes? He did. And curtains? He had slate blue eyes and, oh my God, I hope nobody from high school listens to this. <laughs> the best dick in high school. <laughs> no, total virgin. All of high school, everybody was. It wasn't even not cool. It was worse if you had sex, honestly. I can't, I can't picture that. <laughs> it was just, like. You keep saying this, but I can't imagine it. It's not going through my brain. No, cool you, people have sex and losers don't. <laughs> But in my high school, I'm sure somebody did, but it just, honestly, it was such a, such a religious town. And I grew up, so my mom is Jewish, so I was raised Jewish. I was like the only Jewish kid in my school, the only Chinese kid in my school. And I dated a bunch of, not like a bunch of guys, two boys who were the sons of ministers and they couldn't tell their parents about me. So, so I was like, you were their them. rebellion? Yes. The I was half there. Jewish, half Chinese girl is the rebellion. Yes. The editor of the school paper. <laughs> I remember even saying like... Uh, but, but I get straight A's. How am I like the bad kid? I can't believe this. I love this so much. <laughs> Your childhood is so charming to me. <laughs> but I was, I mean, maybe I am an Elizabeth because I wouldn't, I wouldn't have drank. I wouldn't have really done anything bad. Like, I don't know. So uh, were you a bit of a serial monogamous then, a bit like Elizabeth? Yes. Yes. But I did break up with people if they bored me. Like oh, I had right. a Todd Wilkins and he threw me like a picnic thing for Valentine's Day. And I was like, this is disgusting. I hate this so much. Like he got me a card that was, um, I hope he never listens to this. He got me a <laughs> card that was like of, of like little kids dressed as adults. And I was like, this is like, I couldn't even, oh, I broke no. up with him like the next day. And I said it was because I have too much homework. <laughs> wow. That is an Elizabeth with a Jessica... Moon sign. Oh, my God. Yeah. Because people believed it, I bet, as well. Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah. So um, what's really interesting about these books is that um, they are all ghostwritten. And uh, we're both authors. And I, for a long time before I was a author in my own name, I had a kind of a little fantasy about the idea of being a ghostwriter. I think it's quite an arresting idea for writers because it's that whole thing of like, oh, I could indulge in writing kind of the worst trash um, but it would be under somebody else's name, so I would just get the money and there'd be no consequences and no one would ever know. I think it's a real fantasy for people. Has it ever been a fantasy for you? Yeah, absolutely. When I read that as a kid, I was like, created by... Like, I would love to have written these. I think I would have. Yeah. But what? It, but the ghostwriters didn't seem to love it. They. It's really interesting. So there was this um, wonderful piece written by Amy Bosky, um, who wrote over half of the books. So she, when she was... Um, she was like a, a PhD student and she was studying like Milton and John Donne and stuff in Oxford. And she happened to meet Francine Pascal at like a friend of a friend's dinner party and then just got recruited into it through that and was at, at the, her height writing six books a year while doing her PhD. And it was like the easiest way for her to make money. And what's so interesting about the piece she writes is that all of her friends who are academics and writers themselves um, would 
like be concerned for her. Like they would like <laughs> take her aside and be like, you know, are you not worried about how you're hurting your own process? How you do you ever think that maybe like this is going to be affect the way you write and make you a worse writer and everything? And she was like, no, I'm really enjoying myself. Oh, did she like it? She, she liked it. She liked it for a long time and then eventually stopped. I think just because she. I just got naturally bored of it, but she seemed to make a decent living off it for a while. And people had really weird reactions to her because of it. And she describes this very interesting moment where she goes to her friend as a, a school teacher and she goes to a high school to talk about like reading and learning. And I'm a writer. And all it's all just like hundreds of kids being like, but your name isn't on the book. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, I, I know. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Oh, that's fascinating. So did the process of ghostwriting ever have any allure for you? And do you think you'd do it now? Yeah, I would totally do it. Yeah. Yeah. I've been offered to do it. And I, I just couldn't because of, of time constraints. I think I think I would do it. But I think I would. I actually don't know if I hate it or not. I, I like an impulsive in Jessica. I or any of them. I cannot predict what I will feel about things. I don't know if I'd like it or hate it. Do you think you'd like it now? Um. I mean, I think if, if the thing is, it's, it's one of those things where, oh, I've got like some stuff of my own going on. So at this point, no. But I think if you talked to me a year and a half ago, I would, like, I would be like, that is an amazing way to make a living. Like, well, I think obviously I love um, Chiclet, but I don't tend to write it for whatever reason. I don't know why. I tend to write other kinds of stories. I just really like reading it. But um, there's this thing in me that's always like, I want to write like straight romance books, but I feel like I'm too far into this career to pivot without like being pigeonholed. So I'm like, maybe I'll have a pseudonym. I think about that all the time. In fact, yeah. I think I, I definitely want to do that, write a book like that under a different name. I don't know if I, I don't know. I think that I'm not being smart about this. I don't have a good answer for that. But do you have, um, do you have like a trashy romance plot in the back of your head where you're like, that's the one I'm going to write? <laughs> uh, yeah, English Duke, American. What? Meghan Markle. Oh. Basically Meghan Markle's story. I mean. You should get in with that now. I think it's too late. I think it's too late. Yeah, no, I love, I don't know. I I don't think you can approve upon the Sweet Valley High twins. Like I was reading an article about Francine Pascal and how she said she woke up and it was like two twins, California, they're 16 forever. It's brilliant. And it is. I. It is. The twin thing is, did you have twins in your high school? No, I didn't know any twins growing up. We had twins and they were so mousy and sweet. And I remember always being like, do you guys trade spots? Like. Do you do you do do you do this and they they don't and it was just like they're it. always so much boring more boring than you think they're gonna be yeah they don't do any of this good stuff but all the twins that I know in adult life are incredibly close like I have a I have a friend and an ex colleague who has an identical twin and she and my friend is a beauty editor her friend's a doctor I was like do you ever switch <laughs> do they and they and they live together and and now they're gonna live together with her boyfriend and I'm like what. <laughs> And oh she's like, yeah, God. you know, me and me and Izzy are going to be, I'm really excited. I'm like, but are you afraid she might betray you? <laughs> yes. Not really, no. <laughs> It'd be so easy, though, if you just if you just did one wrong thing. Oh, that would be so good. So do you have any other um, twin stories that you're like super into? Any twin books or has this has like the fascination with twins gone throughout your life? Or is it just the Wakefields? It's the Wakefields and the uh, searching for my own twin. You know, like that theory that we all have a doppelganger. So I'm like always yes. looking for them. And so like we covered earlier, like I, yeah, I'm obsessed with that. I just think that's fun. I, I just want them to do my math homework. That's all I want. <laughs> What's interesting, though, is that um, the theory is that there are more twins and multiple births in general these days because uh, for some reason, like, because women are becoming mothers older and because 
this is not science, but your your egg is basically your eggs are basically being dumped like fast and hard by your ovaries, and so there's a higher chance of you having twins the older a mother you become. Oh, did you know that? Interesting. A reason to wait longer. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I how would twins. you parent twins? I I would love to have twins if they were healthy. Um, I know that's complicated, but um, God, that would be so amazing. First of all, you'd be done, and then they just I don't know. But you know what? I was thinking, I if I have kids. I don't think I'd want them to read Sweet Valley High because really? it is trash. I had this theory last night. It came to me and I was like, Sweet Valley High is the equivalent of Love Island. Sweet Valley High walked oh. so that Love Island could run. Don't you think? Talk more about this. I'm very tickled by it. <laughs> I don't have like an amazing theory about it, but it feels like, you know, everyone's really hot. Yeah. Everyone is constantly switching partners and making out and lying and manipulating and and that feels kind of like Love Island to me. And 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 crucially, even though love is always on the agenda and romance is always on the agenda, there's never any sex. I mean, you know, I don't really watch Love Island, but from what I hear from everyone who does watch it, is that it's actually surprisingly chaste. Oh my god, it is the same. <laughs> and they're so hot. They're always in like their miniskirts and bikinis. And you know, when I read these books, I don't feel fulfilled. I feel like I've just eaten a bunch of trashy food. And when I watch Love Island, I feel the same way. I just feel kind of gross. I enjoyed it, but I feel like, ugh, what did I watch? I love that, though. And I, I'm definitely finding the further I get into my career and the more cerebral my job becomes. Like, I think when I was when I had jobs where I was basically fitting in spreadsheets all day, I would come home and watch, like, Breaking Bad or what or Mad Men or whatever like intellectual show was du jour at that time. And now that my job is basically thinking really hard all day, now all I want to watch or do in the evenings is read trash and watch trash. That's a good trade-off. I have watched works. the Catherine Zeta Jones film No Reservations about her running a restaurant and getting stressed out about it like six times. That's because she's so beautiful. She is a Jessica, for sure. She's so beautiful. (laughs) Why did she marry Michael Douglas and ruin her career? He is so rich. (laughs) He has so much more money than her. It's a Jessica Wakefield move. It is. Oh, wow. Okay, so can all actors, actresses be defined as Jessica or Elizabeth? Yes. Anne Hathaway, Elizabeth. Halle Berry. Elizabeth, I think. Really? Isn't she like... She seems like a Jessica. I think just because she's so hot... (laughs) Yeah, but actually, Elizabeth is just as hot as Jessica. (laughs) That's what everyone misses every time. She's just as hot. Okay, Scarlett Johansson. Jessica. Jessica, yeah. Totally. That that thing that she, that statement she made to the press a couple weeks ago, like, I could play a tree or whatever. (laughs) Very Jessica. So Jessica. Um, Everybody can be, you know what? Because I've been thinking about people as introverts and extroverts. Elizabeth is the introvert. Yes. Jessica is the extrovert. Like, everyone can be in this divide. I love it. Oh, this brings us very nicely into the section of the podcast I like to call the wrap up and plug. <laughs> wrap up and plug. Wrap Probably up and plug. everyone stops listening. Yeah. Um, but tell me about uh, your book, which I started reading today and I or last night and I have laughed three times already and I'm on chapter two. Oh, so, oh thank you. It's incredibly funny. And I get a lot. <laughs> it's called Sorry I'm Late. I Didn't Want to Come. An Introvert's Year of Living Dangerously. Um, yeah, so it begins in a really low point in my life about a year ago when I was a freelancer, I was working from home, I was lonely, I felt like all my friends had moved out of London, and my career was sort of stagnating. And I did something really embarrassing happen that I'm not going to talk about on here, but um, I felt like, what if I just 
lived my life as another person for one year? What if I lived my life like Jessica Wakefield for one year? That's the subheading of this book. Basically. Yeah. What if I did all these things that I'm scared of doing, like talking to strangers or stand-up comedy or improv or traveling alone and making friends on the road? Because I I am shy, typically, and I am introverted. Um, and so I just lived like like an extrovert for a year. And it's about what happens and all the crazy stuff that happens. And what did you learn? Because I mean, I've only met you in the last few weeks and you don't seem super shy to me. I've lost a lot of the shyness from this book because I went through exposure therapy, lots of humiliating things, lots of embarrassing things. Um, and also because I think where we when we met, we were at... Um, Amy Jones's book launch. Hi, Amy. Previous guest. Hi, Amy. And I knew I was going to do this podcast. We have mutual friends. I wasn't like that. I don't know. It felt like a natural thing. Yeah. And one-on-one, I'm really good. Like, yeah. I like one-on-one, which is an introvert quality. Whereas if we were in a group, I probably wouldn't have talked to you. If we were all sitting, if we were at a table with, like, four other women who were very loud, I wouldn't say anything. And I'd probably leave early. Mm, that's very interesting. So, um... You're, you are very good at one-on-one because, um... I talked way too much and then afterwards had that moment on the train where I was like, I wonder if I should text her to apologize for talking too much. No, but I like that. I like when people talk too much to me because then I can just like, I don't have to worry about like what I'm going to say. I can just like take it all in. Plus like you have fascinating stories. <laughs> Such as being framed for stealing a handbag. I, I'm i waiting for you to find the person who really did that. I think it was Emma Power. <laughs> Emma, if you're listening, I know it was you. <laughs> Um, okay, well, we have to wrap up because, unfortunately, there are people who want to come into the studio after us, even though I really could talk about the Wakefields and Todd and Devin. Okay, last question. Would you pick Todd or Devin? Oh, my God. <laughs> you can't just oh, You know that. what? I Devin, because you know what? Do you know how it ends with Todd? I'm going to ruin Everybody knows Oh, please. This. Please tell me. Yes. Okay. So years and years, he and Elizabeth in love on and off. They always come back to each other. Sure. Elizabeth, I think, eventually goes away when they're like after university or something to maybe go to, I think she goes to London or something. Because <laughs> she's, well, am I following her or is she following me? I don't know. <laughs> Who can say? <laughs> Who can say at this point? <laughs> this is how it ends. Todd sleeps with Jessica <gasps> and she has his baby and they get married. No. Yes. No. Yes. I don't believe you. <laughs> it's true. But they don't even like each other. I, all, they are always sort of teasing each other. I couldn't go to sleep last night thinking about how angry this made me. I was like, what? What? This is, how could this, how could either of them do this to each other? How could Todd do that? How could Jessica do that? I don't know. But now that I'm thinking about it, it, it was kind of written in the stars because they they, they have much livelier banter than uh, Elizabeth and Todd do. It's always like, it's always like a little give and take and like, oh, Jessica, you're so blunt. And she's like, blunt, shut up, Todd. Blunt. Like, and it's like very musical or something. I can kind of, I can kind of see it. I mean, I think the relationship between the twins now is absolutely ruined. I think that there have been some other like series that have gone on, but that was like the main ending. I was just like, oh my God, how could this happen? Very I'm, so I am blown away. Honestly, I was What happens to Devin. I don't, Devin is, he's like a footnote. Nothing happened. Oh, but, but he's I, so hot and he's an orphan. So this is a test. What color blue are his eyes? Um, slate. <laughs> 100% pass. What is slate blue? I have heard of slate gray. <laughs> All the colors are made up, I think. It's so, it's the, the, the emphasis on eye color is so strange. Nobody has brown eyes except for Todd, who's our coffee colored. 
Um, it makes a, a girl with brown eyes very insecure. Yeah. Definitely. I, I feel like there's a real, it's a real trope in like a certain kind of writing where eye color is incredibly important and yet not something you ever noticed in real life. You know what I mean? If people are like hot or tall or muscular or, or thin or fat or whatever, things you notice. Eye color. Is it, is it that you're, you're like close to them? Maybe. Maybe it's about the distance between you I that you can see their eyes. As teenagers, I just think that came up too much in magazines about like, well, if you've got blue eyes, you wear this eyeshadow and brown eyes this. And yeah. it was always about like, and she's got blue eyes. And I always felt so weird about and insecure about that. That literally it was like until Natalie Portman came along who had brown eyes and was like very oh, wow. hot. I was like, oh, we can be beautiful even though we don't have blue eyes. My husband says this too. He's like, you're obsessed with people with blue eyes. Because I'm always like, oh, because they've got blue eyes. Apparently I just say this all wow. the time. And it's like. These books really imprinted on you in a deep way. They taught me about anorexia. And also that a French braid makes every girl look innocent and sweet. Oh. Whenever they're like a bad girl is trying to get the good guy. They're always like, they always put her hair in a French braid. <laughs> and I still think that like a hair in a French braid, I'm like, I look so chaste. <laughs> I have never been kissed. Not even once. <laughs> because no. Wow. Any more lessons that you need to impart from this, these books? I feel like there's, there's still so much more. <sighs> French braids, eye color. Oh, wait. Hang on. Hold on very quickly. What did I else did I learn about? I'm going to keep you in here until somebody knocks on the door and okay. say that we have to leave. Great. Um, that any outfit or hairstyle can transform you completely? Yes. Always. Like, that was amazing. Also, it doesn't feel like it's true. Um, what I like about this book is that um, when Jessica poses as Elizabeth, um, Todd believes until... Um, they realize that they have no conversation. <laughs> Which I like. And it's like, you know, okay, these are very shallow books about what, how people look and what they wear. But he's like, no, I love Elizabeth for her mind. But I'm going to eventually impregnate you and marry you. How? How is that how? even? How could that be? Honestly, last night I was just thinking, I was so angry on behalf of Elizabeth. I, she the thing is is that they're still in Sweet Valley ha- pumping out babies and Elizabeth is doing a Rory Gilmore somewhere you know following Obama on his campaign trail. <laughs> I um I watched Sweet Valley High TV show for the first time ever last night. Yeah, it's no, I don't think it's very good. I remember that. No, but I was like, you know what? It's, I think another thing about this book is that any actress I see or blonde hot woman is never as beautiful as Elizabeth and That's Jessica Wakefield. It's. It's a similar thing with uh, the Flowers in the Attic books, where, did you read those at all? I didn't. I think they were... Similar yeah. obsession with Aryanness and blondness, um, in that people have actually compared them a lot, and there's also a lot of motorcycle accidents in those, except they're super uh, gothic, um, that whenever they try and cast it, because they've remade it a couple of times, it, they're never beautiful enough, because like the most beautiful children in the world, who are also brother and sister, and also in love... No one's good enough. It's true. And I, cause I was just thinking, oh, those actresses, they're not, they're not beautiful enough. And then I watched the show and I was like, okay, they are really beautiful, but they're still not. But they're also like 30. <laughs> they're, I Googled what they look like now. Very hot, both of them still. Oh, great. I'm happy for them. Working? Uh, one, maybe a little bit. A little bit? I can't even tell. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. She's got time to do other things. She's, you know, she's got stuff on. She's got Todd's babies to raise. <laughs> so, so they tried to, um, they launched like a lifestyle thing called The Sweet Life in 2017. Oh. I don't feel like that took off because I hadn't heard of it. Oh. no. You know what? I'm going to start following them on Instagram. Let's both do that. How fun. How fun. <laughs> all right, Jess, I'm going to let you go. Um, please go release the inner Jessica Wakefield within you all day today. And I'd say the same to my listeners. (laughs) Or you'll be sorry. Or you'll be sorry. (laughs) 
This has been Sentimental Garbage, and I've been Karen O'Donoghue. You can follow me on Twitter at Zaraline, that's C-Z-A-R-O-L-I-N-E, or email me by the podcast at ZaralineO'Donoghue at gmail.com. This has been a Justice for Dumb Women podcast. Thanks to Harry Harris for the jingle, Gavin Dave for the logo, and Acast for the recording space. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.